0: just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. The Bible says in Malachi chapter three, do you like that? It's the Italian version, Malachi. Sounded like that to me anyway. Verse number six, it says, for I am the Lord and the Lord, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my, look at this word, ordinances. You've gone away from my ordinances and you have not kept them. Return to me, this is God's plea through the prophet, the Italian prophet the Italian stallion, Malachi. He's saying, return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you've said, in what way shall we return? Now, this is important for you to to think about today. And I'm slightly jumping ahead. Lord, give me the spirit of speedily preaching. If that's a spirit, I need it. But I want you to I want you to zoom in on that word on that little phrase there that that the Israelites are saying in what way should we return In other words depending on the thing and the reason why you are currently separated there is a different way There are different principles and keys and I'm, I'm liking to use the word mystery at the moment. Another word I'm liking to use at the moment. There are different, God, this is gonna freak you out a little bit, but I will just wanna use it because I want your brain to engage because you've all heard the tithing. you've all You've sat through many offering messages. I understand. So what I don't want you to do today is I don't want you to close off because you're thinking we've heard this all before. Maybe you have, that's okay. But I want you to receive what the Spirit is saying today because I believe that He is speaking. But the word that I want to use today is that there are different God technologies, right? That God has made available to us to be in connection with Him. I specifically use that word technology because Really, it's the way, it's the mode of transport. It's the way of connection. And so sometimes it's forgiveness. Sometimes the thing that's blocking your gift being received by God is unforgiveness in your heart. And so what does God do? God says that technology to break that down is a technology called forgiveness. It's the way of forgiveness. Don't get held up on that word technology. I'm just using it to make a point today. Are you with me? Sometimes God says, actually, the technology that you need to use to move that mountain is the combination of two technologies together prayer and faith. And Mark 11 says, whatever you pray when you ask and you have faith, if you speak to a mountain, it will be removed. And so God has given these things. And so the Israelites have said, what, in what way? Do we come back to you? And I want you to read this, verse number eight. Just read those first. Can you put it up, please, Harley now, please? Just read those first five words. Ready? Together. One, two, three, read. Will, stop. It's a personal question. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? This isn't going to be a guilt trip, by the way. <laughs> Just clarifying before anyone walks out. And in what way have we robbed you in tithes and in offering, and offerings? You're cursed with a curse. And I want you to know that this is not talking, most scholars agree that this is not talking about the curse of the law of Moses. This is a, talking about a, a different curse. It's related to this particular issue. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Keep reading. Next slide, please. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try, or your translation might say, prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. And you've sat under the ministry. Can we just go there? This, I'm not even asking your permission. I'm just going there. Just turn this up a bit, Santee, just so everyone hears this. This is very important. You can even amen this out loud if you like. But you have sat under the manipulation of ministers that have used this scripture to get you to give. Now, the, that doesn't mean the scripture is incorrect. And when that's what we do when we're immature. We stop believing God's word because a man messed it up. But a man messing it up doesn't change the fact that it's actually God's word. You can amen that too, if you like. Are you with me? And so it so says, bring all the time that there may be, prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I wanna open up for you, the windows of heaven pour out for you such a blessing that there will be not enough room to receive. And I just feel so much faith on this this morning. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I want to just prophesy and I want to let you know that the devourer is a demonic spirit. And when you return to God through this way, something happens in the heavenly realms and the devourer is rebuked. Isn't that cool? You don't have to do any rebuking. He does the rebuking for you. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. We might not get time to, it, to get to it today, but in that there are seven prophetic blessings that we get to participate in as believers that practice the discipline of, and the act of obedience and worship in regards to tithing and giving to God. There are seven blessings. We might mention them later. Thanks, Calvin. You better stop. Otherwise, I'm just gonna I might start dancing. So, why should we tithe? Why should we tithe? If you are visiting today, we we've s- say this a lot of weeks, a um, bit like a broken record, but we're not a church that hand the buckets out in the service. We want people to give out of their own revelation. We want people to give because it's a part of their personal belief. We want we um, we we uh, that doesn't mean we won't ever do that. There will be certain times and certain moments in the life of our church that we may do those sorts of things. I'm not too sure. We're just being led by. Uh, Our leadership is being led by what the Spirit is speaking to us in those moments. Uh, This is, um, I I do want to be really clear that I don't want you to feel a sense of guilt around this conversation today, but I want you to feel a sense of revelation and therefore inspiration to do some uh, time with the Lord and ask the Lord for a revelation about giving Ask the Lord a revelation about tithing. If you're unsure, that's okay. Walk out of this place unsure. But don't walk out of this place unsure and not ask questions. Ask questions. God is not insecure about your questions. And so ask questions. In fact, we I said this last week, but I wanna make sure that you hear it again today, that uh, it's okay for us to all be in the same room. My b- personal belief around tithing is that it's a, it's a principle, it's a spiritual law that God wants me, my family, Alicia and I are in alignment around tithing and around giving. But what I do not want you to do is just because the pastor says so, we go and do it. I want you to do it because you have a revelation in your heart that this is what the Lord has spoken and Alicia knows better than anybody about my own personal journey growing up in a single parent home where there was always enough, but maybe not much. There was always, um, there was always my mum my did a phenomenal job raising four kids, not knowing how little she had. I never heard the word budget until we got married, married. Come on, somebody. <laughs> You know, that's a conversation waiting to happen. <laughs> Budget, what? Um, and so this has been something over the years that the Lord has had to continue to deal with me and, and challenge me around, uh, not so much around the revelation of tithing, but around making sure that money is a tool that I have, not something that has me. And the biggest issue I believe in our society, not just the church, but our society is that we are driven, our purpose is money. Can I say that again? Our purpose, your goals are orientated around money. And we need money. Money is amoral. In other words, it takes on the morality of the person whose whose hand is holding that money. Put money in the hand of a good person and that money becomes a tool for good. Put money in the hand of a greedy person or a corrupt person or an evil person and that money takes on the nature, the identity and therefore the activity of the person that's holding the money. But the money itself, there's nothing wrong with money. Are you with me? The Bible doesn't say love. The Bible tells us that the love of money the love of money is the root the love of money isn't evil but the love of money is the the love of money isn't evil let me just clarify that statement the love for money is the root of all evil so behind all evil exists this love for money it's called greed and greed is really a manifestation of a broken identity. Greed is a manifestation of a broken identity, meaning that the reason why you are greedy is because you are taking your own future into your own hands and you don't have a deep trust that God can sustain you, that he will sustain you, and that he has your back. Amen. So... Why should we tithe? Well, maybe a better question is is why shouldn't we tithe? (laughs) Start from there. Is tithing, I want to do a few questions. I've got a lot of content to get through this morning, so I'm just going to talk mainly off my notes so I don't go over time, which I'm so good at doing. It's one of my uh, spiritual gifts I received. Is tithing for the Old Testament only, is tithing a matter of salvation? Is blessing attached to tithing? Let me just address those questions. Should we tithe? Yes, I believe that we should tithe. I believe that tithing and giving is essential for a few reasons. Number one, it's essential for the continued work of the church. And I say that without apology, even going back to the Old Testament, the way the tithe was set up, was uh, all the other tribes of Israel, they, they got land, and the Levites had nothing. So where was their resource and produce gonna come from? So a thing called the tithe was instituted and all of the other tribes of Israel would come and bring a tithe of all of their produce, whatever it was. For us today, largely, our produce is money. For them, it was this herb and that animal and this wheat and that grain. and But for today, for us, the thing that we trade, the thing that we use is, is money. So I believe it's essential for the continued work of the church and God's vision on the earth. And I also believe that tithing is a sign of spiritual discipline, devotion, and maturity on the believer's part. Is tithing for the Old Testament? We're just racing through these before we get to my main points today. Is it for the Old Testament only? I don't believe tithing is for the Old Testament only. I don't have too much time to unpack this this morning, but my personal belief and I've studied and I've sat on both sides of the fence. I've read all the books that say tithing is not, is uh, went away with the law. And I've sat on that side of the fence where I've said, I don't believe, I'm just talking my beliefs here, okay? You gotta work your whole deal out with Jesus, okay? Let the Holy Spirit do that thing. But I've sat on both sides of the fence where I've read, I've downloaded, I've printed different PDFs and books and studies and done all the sorts of things where I've sat on there, well, that's a part of the law. I'm not bound by that anymore. And I've sat and I've been on the other side of the fence where I've just blindly followed leadership, okay? Out of my immaturity, when you're immature, that's all you've got. So we've got to mature and we've got to start asking God some hard questions about these sorts of things. And so I don't believe uh, tithing went out with the law. We'll talk a little bit in detail about this later on. Uh, But primarily because it existed before the Mosaic law entered. We find tithing in the book of Genesis. We find uh, Abram gives Melchizedek a tithe, that principle that... Law, that thing called the tithe was already in existence long before God had given the revelation to Moses of the Ten Commandments. And so that's what I believe about that. Is tithing a matter of salvation? No, it is not. You can be used by God and not tithe. Somebody say amen. Just making sure you're awake. You can be used by God and not tithe. Okay, You can be used by God and not tithe. However, I believe that tithing is a way in which we get to live and practice and walk and honor him. Salvation is exclusively by faith through grace. Somebody say amen. It's not uh, so you, what, I'm, what I'm saying is you can do some pretty stupid things <laughs> and still be saved and even be used by God. David did some pretty stupid things. He, in our cancel culture today, he would have been the guy that would have been all over YouTube, all over Facebook, all over Today Tonight. We would have fired him from his job. We would have canceled him hard because of the things that David did. The kingdom is a different way. Okay, there are stands, moral codes of conduct, all those sorts of things, I'm not saying that. I'm trying to help you to see that your salvation does not happen through your own works. It happens through the finished work of Jesus. One of the greats, I think it was Luther, said grace alone. That's how we're saved. Next question, is blessing attached to the tithe? Ooh, here we go. Are you, can we just talk? Is that good? Now, if you're new or you're listening to this online, you don't have the privilege and the history of understanding the words that are behind who I am, okay? So if you're taking this as a soundbite, you might misinterpret what I'm saying. Is the tithe attached to certain blessing? Yes, yes. Now, I've even written this in my notes. Two years ago, I would have not liked to present this truth because of the abuse of this message by prosperity gospel preachers. But the word of God must be communicated clearly. It must be communicated articulately. It must be communicated with the right motive. And that's what I hope to do today. So should I tithe? Yes, yes but do it out of your own revelation. That means, you are not, if, that means if you're not convinced, study the scriptures, seek counsel, pray that the Holy Spirit reveals to you the truth. And remember, no one is ever under compulsion or obligation to give. Giving in the New Testament is always free will. Always free will, amen? So let's start. You ready to start? Get your notepads out and let's do some work. I wanna shift our perspective on tithing this morning so I don't want you to see tithing as a chore that you must do, but rather a spiritual law that God has made available for you and I to participate in. In fact, tithing is a powerful way, a technology, it's a way by which we have the amazing privilege and honor and opportunity to participate in. The entirety of creation, and you've heard me say this about, about, um, about stewardship, the entirety of creation, when God created the heavens and the earth, God created them and he put laws in place. Some of the laws in this third dimensional realm, earth, this realm that we live in are laws like gravity, are like cause and effect. There are a whole lot of different laws, aerodynamics, et cetera, et cetera. I'm no scientist, so I'm going to stop right there. But there are also laws that govern the spiritual realm. And one of the primary goals of a preacher when they're preaching or teaching is to, the primary things that they're trying to do is to get you to shift from living exclusively out of this third dimensional realm and shift shift from where you live into a spiritual realm. So that you would begin to realize that the things that are happening in your life, some of them are cause and effect that are just happening out here, but some of them have a, are, um, some of them are the fruit or the result of something that's happening in the spiritual realm, in the invisible realm. That's why Jesus would preach, and at the end of his sermons, he would say, "I'm speaking on this realm." in this realm to earth but I'm also speaking to those that are listening with spiritual ears. He said hey, let those um, let those hear hear what the spirit is saying to the church. In other words, I'm um, there's two things going on right now. There's one here, but there's also something in the spiritual realm happening. The realm of the earth The realm of the earth and the realm of the spirit are intrinsically connected. In fact, all that happens in the physical world has already existed in the spiritual realm. So we must shift from an earthly, carnal way of living. This is what the preachers, the pastors, this is what we are trying to do week in, week out. We are trying to get you to shift your life to realize that you're actually in a spiritual battle that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there's a spiritual dynamic at play. And if all you do is live your life according to this earthly dynamic, you're gonna live a life that can do some things in this realm, but is capped. And so God wants you to really start leaning into his truth of who he is and who you are and live out of that. We've got to shift from the earthly, carnal way to the Jesus way, the spirit way. Galatians 5, verse 25, it's up there on the screen. It says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And this is the message of where you live from, Is this message from where you live from is precisely what Paul is saying here. Living and walking. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Everybody say live, say walk. You live in him, we live, we have our being in him. But now we have this opportunity to participate with the redeemed work of Jesus and walk in the spirit. And Paul, and if you read Galatians and you read Ephesians, you read Corinthians, you read all of Paul's work, you see that he is working very hard to get his audience to shift from living a carnal and sometimes religious way into living out of this new creation, this new identity way. And so today I want to present tithing not as a Christian chore, not as something that we're going to continue to talk about week in, week out, but as an opportunity to participate in a spiritual law that will bring about change into your life. A spiritual law. Let's place tithing in the same lane as worship. Let's place tithing in the same lane as praise. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We know that when we praise, something supernatural happens. God says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our heart, our, his courts with his courts with. And so something happens when we start focusing on him. The presence of God falls. That's why Acts 16, Paul and Silas, their bodies were in a prison, but their spirits were never bound by that prison. That's why they could be in that place. And they weren't just singing songs like you and I do religiously week in, week out. There was a praise in their heart. Because come hell or high water, come dungeons, prisons, famines, all these sorts of things, there was still a praise in their heart. Right up until them being martyred, there was still a praise in their heart. Let's put tithing in the same lane as praise, that when we praise, something spiritually shifts. Let's put tithing in the same lane as communion, that when we partake of communion, it's a wonderful gift that Jesus has given the church for us to practice. Let's put tithing in the same lane. Let's put tithing in the same lane as prayer. I'm not trying to categorize them. I'm just trying to shift your view around what tithing is let's change the lane of tithing from being this thing that's out there to this thing that's a part this wonderful privilege that we get to practice like prayer like worship like operating in the gifts of the spirit they're all choices that we get to make they're all amazing honors and opportunities that God has made a way for us through the blood of Jesus to participate in to see the kingdom of God come to earth Somebody is Say amen. So I'm gonna give you, you ready for this? This is my longest point sermon ever. I said, Are you ready for this? No one responded. I thought it was appropriate. I started writing notes and then I thought, well, I might as well go all the way because I started writing some things down. So I've got ten things about tithing. I thought ten, tenth, you know, it just worked in my in my dad joke brain. And we're gonna race. Through most of these. Number one, just so that you know, number one, tithing at a basic fundamental level simply means 10%. It is 10%. And so where we why we give a tenth, where the tenth comes from is quite simply just the Hebrew word. Bait on a very fundamental level means 10. And so it's that deep, too deep. Someone got the joy of the Lord right then. The Holy Spirit's breaking out. Number two, tithing is a mystery. It's a God technology or a key which God has given us to unlock things on earth. Tithing is a divine mystery or revelation. Take it out now, the category of just religious activity, and put it in this thing where you begin to understand, just like, Romans teaches us we have access to God. This spiritual law of tithing allows us access to him too. A mystery is a, it's like a secret code. It's a code and a mode of operation in the kingdom. You can take photos of these if you want. That's a life hack that I've learned because I'm a slow rider. Number three, tithing is my responsibility and needs to be a culture in my life. We don't have the scripture there. I don't think I sent it to you, Hallie, but anyway, Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 35, I love it. It says this, just stay on that screen for a sec. Nehemiah ten thirty-five. it says this, we also, I love it in the NIV translation, we also, assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every tree we assume the responsibility when are we, and when we're going to do this this is a yearly thing we are engaged we're not going to let tithing become a thing of when we think about it Tithing's a part of our giving, is a part of our culture, it's a part of our life. It's a thing that's hardwired into how we do life. Alisha and I, because we have busy lives, four kids, all those sorts of things, for us to uh, make that work for us and not relying on my administrative skills, come on somebody, just keeping it real, as a result of my poor administration, we've decided to set it up as an automatic direct debit. That's just what we do. Because we're committed to hardwiring giving to being a part of our life. And so we, just like Nehemiah 10.35, we assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year. Goes on and it reads, moreover, verse 37, we'll bring into the storerooms of the house of, house of our God to the priests, to the first of our ground meal, of our grain offerings, of the fruit offerings, of all of our trees and all of our new wine and oil, we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites. For it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns that we work. So when we bring our tithes to the local church, the storehouse, we're actually, we're not giving to the church, we're giving to God through the vehicle of the local church. Are you with me? These are awkward things to talk about for a pastor. I'm just being honest with you. Because we don't ever want to get misinterpreted. Like, Because there, there is a narrative around the church and money. You know that, right? And so one of the reasons why pastors historically have been in fear to talk about this is because we haven't wanted to give aid or ammo to the secular narrative of burnt out, backslidden Christians that all the church wants is your money. We'll get to that a bit later. So what am I up to? Number three. So make it a culture. If God speaks to you about tithing and giving, make it a part of the culture of your life. Don't wait to sit in a service and go, Oh, I need a tithe. Because in this church, you're not that's not gonna happen. We give a subtle reminder at the end or at the announcements. If you want to give, you can give out there. You can do this. You can jump online. But really, what, what uh, the culture that we want to create as a part of the Empower family is that you have a revelation about giving. And because you have a revelation, you are committed to creating a culture in your life about that revelation. Remember, we're putting it in the same lane. So if you have a revelation about prayer, what do you do? You pray. But if you're anything like me, you also need to go out of your way to make sure that you're setting time aside to pray. You know what I, do you know what I mean? And so if you if you have a family value that we're going to sit down and have dinner tonight, dinner most nights of the week at the dinner table with no devices and those sorts of things, that requires a culture and a commitment in the background to make that happen. Someone's got to think about dinner before the moment. Someone's got to think about hurting the children, I mean, gathering the family. Someone's got to think about all those things to get ready. And so I'm saying, if you have a revelation about tithing or giving, it will easily slip away from you if you are not committed to creating that culture as a part of your life. Number four, tithing redeems the rest. We don't have time to talk about this, but this is uh, another concept, biblical concept. It's called the law of the first. And uh, the 10th actually represents the first. Robert Morris from Gateway Church, just look at, look it up, him up on YouTube. He does a phenomenal teaching on the power of the 10th, the and it taught, he unpacks it in detail how the first or the 10th redeems the rest, and we see this crescendoed, this concept in Romans 8, chapter 29, when Paul tells the church in Rome about Jesus, who is the firstborn among many. And because he is the firstborn operating in the principle of the first, he redeems the rest. And so it's this idea around tithing that when we give back to God what is already his and we give him the 10th, the first, it's less about 10% and more about honoring God as the first. When we give God the first, the first of our Increase the first of whatever that resource is; it redeems the rest. Number five, tithing is an extension of us living a holy life. I believe that when we uh, when we tithe, when we tithe, we are tithing involves maturity and it requires revelation, right? And so it therefore. Maturity is involved with tithing. Number six, fastest message ever. Tithing is an operation of faith and trust in God. Write this down, tithing equals trust. When we give God, whether it's a tithe or it's an offering, it's a sign that we trust and we, and, and we believe in him for everything that we are our present and our future. Abel brought his best flock as an offering in Genesis chapter 4.4. 4. Abraham, the father of the faith, gave Melchizedek a tenth of all his goods, Genesis 14. Jacob acknowledged God in his life by promising to give him a tenth of all in Genesis 28. And so tithing is an act of faith It's a spiritual act of faith, like prayer would be, like laying hands on the sick would be, tithing is too. Number seven, are we up to number seven? What? what? Oh, I see that one there, Hallie, if you could just adjust it, um, where it says Jesus teaches tithing. Nah, don't worry about doing it for now. It's all good. Number, seven, number eight? What? Um, yeah, number seven. No. Number eight? Sorry, this is a 15-point sermon. I've just realized. Number whatever that number is. Jesus, thank you. He said tithe my point," so it's a sort of sermon. The next point is that Jesus... Teaches, and I want to say, this is my personal belief, that Jesus affirms the teaching of tithing. Jesus teaches tithing. Jesus upholds the practice of tithing. Matthew chapter 23, I think you've got that one there, Holly. We'll just quickly skip to that. Matthew 23, 23 says this, says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay a tithe of mint." And anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law—justice and mercy and faith. These, pay attention to this, you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now, a lot of people would say, "Well, isn't he talking just to the Pharisees and the scribes because they're being religious? So, isn't he undoing? Isn't he undoing um, giving?" Or someone got your Bible open at Matthew 23? Can someone do that quickly? Because it'll take me too long. Matthew 23, go, go, go. It's a race. It's all right. Oh, oh, Beck, pregnant and all. That was so quick. Listen to this. This is Matthew chapter 23. This is verse number one of 23. So we're in chapter 23. This is what you've got to read. Otherwise, religious people, well, they'll they'll, they'll, mess, they'll mess your spiritual life up. It's the truth. Says this, then Je- who's Jesus speaking to? Says it here. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples. He's speaking about the scribes and the Pharisees to the disciples and the crowds that are following him, that are hungry for his teaching. And what's he saying? He's saying that you pay a tithe. Good on you. And this is the word that's really important. He says, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. The Greek word ought is a, is a really strong word and it indicates a necessity. The so God isn't, Jesus isn't saying you shouldn't be tithing. He's saying you should, I'm affirming that you're tithing. But you can tithe, but if you don't have love or the right motive behind your heart, your tithing's useless. We read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter at weddings and things like that. And it is a powerful thing. But he says, you can, you can have all these, you can speak in the tongues of angels. You can, you can see miracles happen. You can cast out demons. You can do all these things. But if you don't, if the heart is not right, So Jesus is not cancelling out tithing, Jesus is affirming tithing, but he's saying, what I'm really after is your heart. What this is really about is your heart. See, where the prosperity message has gone wrong is we made the motive getting rather than the motive giving. We we made the motive. Now the principle, listen to me, you're not gonna like this. I didn't like hearing this when the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about it in a fresh way that was just like arrows in my heart, being honest. Matt, the principle is correct, it's biblical, it's New Testament. If you sow sparingly, you will also reap. That's New Testament. Sowing and reaping is a thing. It's actually an eternal principle that God has set up. But men have, men, women, men in gender inclusivity, we have really, really stuffed this up because we told the church that giving was about getting. And we forgot that at the heart of all giving, is love for God so the world that he. So we don't practice giving just because. We practice because we have this wonderful burning love for Jesus. We don't practice generosity with others because we're going to get back from it. That's not our motive. That might be the biblical principle. That's not the motive. That's not the heart motive. The heart motive is because it's better to give than to receive. So we love being a blessing. You with me? So Jesus upholds the tithe. He, you, must, you must do these things is what he was saying, but you must not neglect those things. So he was saying do these things, but don't at the same time neglect those things. And this is, was Jesus' message to the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, etc., wasn't it? He's like, you're all about out here. It's got to be about the heart. You with me? You still alive? All right. What's the time? Oh, it's late. It's very, I haven't even got to my main points. We're going to have to come back for round two. Round two. Round two. Praise God. Mm. Let's just get to the rest of the points, and then I won't. I won't preach about them. We'll just. We'll just read them, and then we'll go. Um, and I'll. I'll finish this off another time because I want to give this next bit a bit of time. What number am I up to? The tithe is is prophetic participation with God to see his plan come to pass. Tithing, remember we're seeing tithing now as a spiritual law. It's a principle. It's a key. It's a gift that God has given us. It is also just like prayer, just like living in faith, just like blessing those that curse you, just like all those things We're placing them in the same lane now. It is still a choice and a discipline that we must choose to live out, okay? And the thing is, is money is a very personal thing because what is often at the end of your money is your dreams for your kids, is security for your family. What's on the other side of that money is food on the table, do you know what I'm saying? So I get it's a personal thing. And this is where it becomes an absolute heart issue of God, where are you at in this? Where are you in relation to my money? Who is the Lord of my life? The tithe is, a prophet, is prophetic participation with God like we would pray have said, like we'd worship, we're participating in a divine program that's bringing about a change. I want to be really clear, right? I alluded to this before. Let me be really clear. Tithing is not paying for God's blessing. God cannot be coerced or manipulated So we are not paying, but I do believe that when we give, we are operating and activating a a law, spiritual law of the tithe or sowing and reaping. Number nine, we think tithing's about money, but it's actually about honoring ownership. I want to talk about that a bit more as we close. Calve, you can come. And then we'll, we'll um, but the last thing that I want to say is number 10, is that tithing, some people call it the law of open heavens. So instead of calling it the tithe, what you are participating in is the spiritual law of open heavens. Where do they get that? Primarily, they get that from uh, Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Prove me now in this, says the Lord. And then the seven blessings number one, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven, number two, pour out such a blessing, number three, I'll rebuke the devourer, number four. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Number five, the vine shall not fail to bear fruit on the field. Number six, all nations will call. You will be so blessed because you're living under an open heaven that nations and people will start speaking about what is happening. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Number seven, for you will be a delightful land. I feel something so I've like we're talking about tithing. You shouldn't I shouldn't be feeling the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I really do today. And especially around those last things, because this isn't about getting you to tithe. This they're not an offering at the end. Okay? It's none of that. But I believe that we have the opportunity to participate in the law of open heaven. we have the opportunity to open heaven. We have an opportunity over this state specifically, even politics, there's been a shift this week in the in the natural. I mean, that's not a prophetic word, that actually happened. Keep up with the news. But I believe we have an opportunity as the church of Jesus Christ to participate Prophetically, in the promise of God. And I want to read it out again over this city and over this nation. And all the nation of Australia will call you Victoria, blessed. For you will be a delightful land. Delightful. You know, the law of, opens, of open heavens, we're talking about giving specifically, tithing, how that's a key to open up heaven. So maybe some of you need to practice that. Maybe that's, God said, how, what, in what way, the Israelites, in what way are we, how do we come back? The way, the technology for them was tithing. For some of you today, you need someone to lay hands on you. That's your technology today. That's your way. But what I want us to do right now is I want us to all stand to our feet. We are going to close. I'm going to come back to the other point another week and make it an entire sermon. That's what I do best. But I want us to just practice by faith in worship right now as we praise, as we honour the Lord, as we minister to Him. Did you know what that's what worship is? That's why everyone needs to be a minister, not a member. Because we want to worship God. When we worship the Lord, we're ministering to the Lord. This worship team is not leading you, they're just hosting the ministers to worship the Lord. So come on. We're under an open heaven, an open heaven, an open heaven, an open heaven. Some of you need God's divine hand of power. You literally need a sign or a wonder to come and intervene in a situation. Would you get out of your seat? Would you come right come down right now? I feel faith to pray for you this morning. Would you get out of your seat? Let us pray for you. You need God's power. God's power. It's real. It's real. Come on, just close your eyes. Just begin to focus on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. Focus on him. Wonderful Jesus. Come on, church, can we begin to pray? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. We bless the wonderful name of the Lord. Bless the wonderful name of Jesus. We just thank you so much, Holy Spirit. We need a divine intervention right now. Come on, there's more people. The Holy Spirit, you don't even know why, but the Holy Spirit's putting in your heart. You need to be out the front. You need to respond to Him. Come on. Come the Holy Spirit's one of the, one of the keys for living under an open heaven is living in a culture of obedience, listening to the sound of that still small voice and responding to it. But I don't ever respond. I'm not the going out the front sort of person. You are today, friend. So come on, just get out of your seat. Have the courage. And let the Holy Spirit meet you this morning. He wants to just touch you. He wants to fill you. Thank you, Lord. We praise the name of Jesus. We praise the name of Jesus. We bless the wonderful name of Jesus. We bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Bless you, Father. And all my days, I've been held in your hand. From the top, sing it again from the top.